0: Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com M-I-M.
1: It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast, your source for the latest on self-driving, driverless and smart transportation technology. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Hi, Fred. Good evening. Good evening. Great to chat with you. And first on the agenda, Zoox. The more than $3 billion startup has now ousted its CEO, Tim Kentley Clay. Uh, Give us a little background here and what's going on as well.
0: Well, you know, Zooks is um, is been is sort of a player here, and they've had a very uh, aggressive um, um, uh, approach to it because uh, I think we, we talked about this a, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, they're out there not only trying to do the AI, not only trying to put the sensor package uh, together, but also to build a vehicle. And I guess I, I sort of made the um, the analogy of, uh, of my students, you know, you can try to be a super scholar. You can try to be a super athlete. You can try to be a super party animal. Uh, I've never known a student to be able to do all three. So I think I commented, uh, you know, trying to do all three is really tough. And, um, and if we looked at, um, at, even, you know, watching Waymo over the years, they tried to do all three and they decided uh, maybe there, maybe there's a, there's some better folks that they can partner with with respect to the vehicle people who have been build, build, building vehicles for for decades um, and um, and so i don't know if that was part of the part of the reason they they um, let the ceo go um the other the other aspect of it is that they just um, uh, got a, a larger round of, of financing um, from the venture capitalists. And I think that um, with respect to all of these companies, um, everybody um, is reminded of what happened to Uber and uh, making basically one faux pas and you make one faux pas and all of a sudden uh, you know the whole ranch is sitting out there on the table and you lose major part of the ranch. And so I think uh, everybody in, in the business has um, has uh, taken certainly safety extremely seriously, and I don't know if if maybe um, that was part of it uh, that uh, maybe uh, Zooks was uh, was being uh, was being too aggressive and uh, not careful enough. But uh, we'll learn more. Uh, but that's pure speculation on my point. But but the fact that that. Uh, that he was ousted basically um, in the dark of the night um, really suggests that uh, the board must have had, uh, um, must have had some, some misgivings about uh, some possible um, um, not very pretty uh, activities.
1: Well, he, he went on uh, Twitter, uh, Kentley Clay did uh, uh, and, and, Accused the board of firing him without a warning, cause, or right of reply. Some pretty harsh words on his part, but and he said Silicon Valley is up to its worst tricks. But yeah.
0: uh, he said that, and he also provided some information. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the source is. That that certainly Zooks has been uh, more efficient than both Uber and Waymo in the use of um, of their investment uh, finances. Um, and that uh, that he that he's been running a very tight ship uh, and that may very well be true uh, but i but i think that the, um, there was also some comments in terms of his background not coming out of either transportation or ai or sensors um, maybe um, maybe um, um, he didn't he didn't have a, uh, the right pedigree uh, who knows? I, I'm sure we'll learn more, or as as uh, I I learn more, I'll try to report on it here. Um, much of the, what I've said is is very heavy speculation, but I think that the, the, where the industry sits now is that I think it's being very careful. As we saw after the the Uber crash, um, you know, Toyota stopped uh, stopped its testing, Nvidia stopped its testing um uh Natomi stopped it, it's testing and and a lot of folks are just you know extremely careful now uh, one really one really understands that, that safety is paramount in this business and um and everybody's um uh looking over how they do things and checking it twice or three times or or four times before they they venture back out there so um, it's it's time of caution rather than uh, than um, um, leading a charge.
1: Uh, it's it's really hard to estimate how much that terrible crash cost Uber in in dollar terms and and otherwise.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure so I've, I've conjectured uh, in in smart driving cars that, uh, you know, um, it, it's not what what. Uh, Uber might have paid uh, um, Elaine's family or something uh, to settle out of court any, any sort of liability. It's it's the the impact on the uh, uh, on the valuation of the entity, and uh, and one has to suspect that uh, that the valuation of Uber might have might have decreased, uh, you know, ten billion if not more simply did because of the, the, one, the one hiccup. And uh, that's, um, that's awfully expensive hiccup.
1: Well, uh, the picture is a lot brighter seemingly at Waymo still. In the latest newsletter, you highlight a post from Waymo offering a peek into its Arizona Operations Center and also Verge has a piece uh, titled A Day in the Life of a Waymo Self-Driving Taxi. And as you point out, things to be, seem to be going pretty well there.
0: Yeah, and Timothy Lee also has a has a comment in the description. Uh, one can see that, that that basically the public relations that that uh, Waymo is putting out there is, is, is public relations that's not associated with uh, with hype, not associated directly with the, the greatness of the technology. Uh, um or research that they're doing but in fact it seems like they're saying hey you know we're just a mobility company and we're just providing mobility and, and here's how we're doing it and as I put in there um it just um it just, it, um, it, it just reeks of, of, of professional uh here we're we're delivering the val- the, mo- the valuable mobility. And uh, and we know how to do it.
1: And they've recently, as they're saying, they recently doubled the size of the operations center in, in Chandler, uh, really to keep things going as things ramp up.
0: Right. Well, if you're going to provide mobility, then, you know, there are things you have to do. You have to have places in which you store your vehicles because they're not going to be running 24-7. Uh, probably uh, on average, it might They might put in uh, maybe only three or four hours a day um, uh, on average. Uh, So you have to have have places to store them, clean them, to uh, um, to refuel them, uh, to do potential maintenance. You have to have operations center. You basically just have to have to do the blocking and tackling uh, to uh, basically deliver the mobility, move the ball down the field. It's not about throwing the bomb. Or you know, uh, or any of the other uh, cliches that we want to talk about it's just hey, this is a business. Uh, the business is providing mobility. Uh, we uh, we intend to uh, do this as a business, and we're just uh, we're just uh, a store. And here it is. Uh,
1: and uh, just about every move they make seems to be done in in a in a smart fashion, calculated fashion. Uh, And as you're saying, without a lot of hype.
0: Yeah, and I think. Yes. So uh, and they're they're really just emphasizing, I guess, what the value proposition is. The value proposition is is providing mobility. It's it's not about uh, about the other stuff. So um, I don't know. It's to me, it's 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 uh, it just reeks of maturity.
1: You have some comments also in the newsletter about an ISO report, uh, on adaptive cruise control systems. And the way I read it here, it's about, uh, automatic disengagement when the brakes are tapped and you have some pretty strong thoughts about that.
0: Well, I've been complaining about this since, uh, I bought my 2014 S-Class, uh, you know, it has um, um, uh, intelligent cruise control on it, and, and it just bothers me that I have the intelligent cruise control, which does what? It either keeps me going to, at whatever speed I set it at, or if I happen to be catching up to the traffic ahead of me, it will slow me down so I don't rear-end the traffic ahead of me. And, and it's, really, it's really a beautiful system. However, if I tap the brakes as I'm closing in on the uh, on a vehicle ahead or as the system is closing in on the vehicle ahead, it turns off the, the intelligent cruise control, and that thing's been driving me nuts. Just because I, I tap the brakes and I might want to maybe begin decelerating a little bit earlier than... than the intelligent cruise control would have me decelerating. It interprets that as to say, "Oh, okay, you don't want me anymore. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to help you anymore. Um, you're on your own." And and that's really not what I'm signaling to the system. And I don't think I'm I'm one weir- just one weirdo that everybody else. That's what they're doing. I'm signaling to the system that I don't want to accelerate anymore. I want to begin slowing down. But just because I begin slowing down, you shouldn't be turning off the braking function that in case I'm not slowing down fast enough would save my butt and not let me, not let me rear end the traffic ahead of me. And and for it to then just say, oh, okay, you're on your own, seems to be an enormous flaw. And I complained to Mercedes about this and of course heard nothing. Um, and, and uh, finally Dave Zuby sort of tracked it down for me from my and from IHS and pointed me to the ISO standard for automatic uh, for intelligent cruise control in which the standard actually specifies that that as, as an international standard this is this is what it should do and I, just can't understand how anybody would write such a standard Uh, unless, you know, this is just an evolution from the standard of stupid cruise control. Where in stupid cruise control, the only thing it's controlling is the throttle. So if I tap the brake in stupid cruise control, okay, yes, I want the throttle function to be turned off. So what does it do? It it turns off, well, it turns off the whole system. The whole system is just a throttle system. It doesn't, it doesn't operate on the brakes. There are no brakes to turn off. And I'm wondering, really, the the, the ISO folks just took that piece from 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 uh from stupid cruise control and put it with respect to intelligent cruise control? I mean, this is this is absolutely, I mean, this is dangerous. Um, I'm assuming that the system, in fact, would continue to break for me. It does not want turn itself off, or at least that's a reasonable thing. And in fact, if these systems are really supposed to be providing safety, they should continue to have the, the, the braking system part of it uh, working in case I tap the brakes. If I don't apply the brakes hard enough, then it should apply the, the brakes harder for me. If I'm applying the brakes hard enough, then, of course, it, it should let me apply more brakes than it wants, but it shouldn't ever let me not apply enough brake. That's when it's there. And then when you put this in, into the, the realm of, of, of um, the um, uh, automated emergency braking systems, which, which operate not in a car-following mode where you're following an object, who, in, in which your your closing velocity to that object is very different from your velocity. That's what defines a vehicle following air, uh, situation, and that's where um, uh, intelligent cruise control works. But uh, an automated emergency braking system, uh, at least part of its working, is working in, in a situation in which. Uh, the closing velocity of the vehicle is essentially equal to the vehicle's velocity. In other words, there's a stationary object ahead, and we know we know that that, that uh, OEMs uh, uh, turn these systems off if if this if this if the speed of the vehicle is greater than some what ends up being a. Pretty small value, maybe only 30 miles an hour in many situations. And in some in some models, maybe even less than that. So I'm driving down the New Jersey Turnpike, let's say, nice straight road ahead, and there happens to be a, a stationary object in my lane ahead. And in my car, um, uh, that automated emergency braking system, if I'm traveling at faster than a certain speed, won't apply the brakes at all. It disregards it. And therefore, I go plowing into the rear end uh, in, into the stationary object. <laughs> well, I mean, this is where these systems are supposed to operate and keep us from doing this. And for the standards of organizations uh, to suggest that, in fact, turn them off and turn them off. It, why do they turn them off? It's probably because the the, the false alarm rate is... It's so great they don't want to have the brakes, you know, sort of starting to go on just because it 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 it, it, it did not correctly uh, determine that there is an object in the lane ahead. The stationary object that's ahead is, is not in the lane. It's off to the side of the lane, and so uh, you know they turn the systems off. And this is this is just such a bad uh, bad situation, and as. We've discussed here, and as I've written, um, uh, to me, this is, this is the problem um, that, uh, that, that Tesla faced in the Joshua Brown situation, that the Tesla fa- uh, uh, faced in, in the, the, the crashes with stationary fire trucks uh, along the road and, and ends of, of uh, New Jersey barriers. Um, and, uh, and these situations need to be fixed. And, and, and NHTSA should be out there uh, absolutely requiring them to be fixed. And NHTSA should tell the, uh, the ISO standards committees, especially with, uh, uh, with uh, intelligent cruise control, come on, uh, this business of turning the, the system off automatically if, if the driver taps the brake is wrong. Uh, turn off just the thr- throttle function and leave the braking function uh, operational uh, until the 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 driver disengages the whole system um, uh, through an action of the of the on-off switch of, of the system, as opposed to a tapping of the brake.
1: It almost sounds like an issue that uh, Ralph Nader might have wanted to get involved in. In fact. Uh, We've heard from uh, Ralph Nader uh, via the Wall Street Journal, and he is voicing concerns not about this, but about legislation exempting autonomous vehicles from some of the safeguards governing uh, cars today. Uh, Tell us what your thoughts are about what we've read here.
0: It's nice to see Ralph, who's class of 55 at Princeton, uh, weigh in. Uh, Certainly he did a great job in 1965 with his unsafe and anti-speed and, 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 in fact, it's nice to see them emphasizing that safety is really important here. And I wish instead of focusing on the cybersecurity aspect of these things, which are somewhat of a problem to me, bigger problem are the ISO standards and, and, uh, and the operation of the automated emergency braking system. Uh, that's a bigger threat on, the, on these systems than, than, um, than cybersecurity. Uh, but it's nice to have him weighing in. And my point uh, and what I write about in, in Smart Driving Cars is that is that uh, uh, the, the situation today is very different uh, than the situation in 1965 uh, when he rode unsafe at any speed. At that time, there was, what, uh, 75 million unsafe vehicles already on the road. Uh, today, there are, you know, I don't know. What does Waymo have out there? You know, there are less than, than know. Than, um, uh, probably uh, uh, certainly less than 7500 vehicles out there um, uh, of these uh, of these automated uh, uh, or driverless vehicles or what could become driverless vehicles were many orders of magnitude fewer vehicles out there. One should look at them earlier rather than later but I think uh, what the issue is with respect to legislation is is that nobody knows what to legislate. Uh, these systems really haven't been on uh, that unsafe. You know, I point out two things that that needed to be fixed that we just got done uh, discussing, um, and um, and 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 you know that that was essentially that if if a, uh, the automated emergency braking system hadn't been turned off uh, on the Uber, that crash wouldn't have occurred. Um, and, and probably that's the same with respect to the Tesla and the Joshua Brown or the other um, uh, fire truck or, or New Jersey barrier uh, crashes. Uh, so in a sense, um, uh, those are the things that need to be fixed. And I think also the industry that's working on this recognizes that safety is really the key um, important element here and um, is, uh, for the most part, approaching it uh, uh, very, very um, um, uh, um, intensely and seriously. And then uh, the suggestion that uh, somehow there should be funding available uh, to make these safer, uh, that funding is not going to come from Washington. Um, The USDOT doesn't have budgets that come anywhere near enough to address um, the safety problem. National Science Foundation doesn't have it. Um, um, uh, nobody has it. The people who have it and are putting it to, uh, to bear here is the investment community. And that investment community seems to be very, very serious about making this safe because they recognize that if it's not safe, uh, then there's no business here. And the billions upon billions of dollars that they've invested is going to go down the drain. So the situation is very different. Uh, the legislative response should be different. And I think it, um, it uh, rushing into it at this point, when there are so few vehicles out there and there is so little at risk, um, at least in terms of, of typical safety, there's a lot at risk in terms of money invested, uh, but not uh, with respect to individual safety, that uh, that uh, we really should go slow as opposed to going fast into something that we don't even know what to do uh, in, in terms of going fast.
1: Very interesting. Well, we have some other companies that we want to make mention of uh, as well. Drive AI. Drive.ai is saying it will launch a fleet of self-driving cars in Arlington, Texas. And this follows up on its deployment uh, in Frisco, so th- they're moving along. But I think, as you point out, still no Waymo here.
0: Yeah, they're moving along, and they're doing uh, they're doing some nice things, and that's great. Uh, uh, and they're doing it responsibly because they're they're doing uh, they're using vehicles which they hope will be driverless, but they intend to use them at least uh, for uh, some time ahead. Uh, with attendants and with drivers, uh, but the numbers uh, that uh, that they're talking about are are really uh, are small. Uh, but again, um, um, they're uh, they're out there doing it um, and or beginning to to do it, and it's nice to see them them out there. Uh, but the 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 scale and 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 the the maturity of what they're doing is. Uh, um, is is different than where Waymo is? It you know again maybe um, maybe I've been drinking too much Waymo Kool Aid or something.
1: <laughs> well, meanwhile, Lyft and uh, Aptiv say they have completed 5,000 self-driving rides in Las Vegas. Still uh, not Waymo type numbers, but but another trial that's been going on. Right, it's another trial, and it's
0: a trial with uh, again with attendance on board. And uh, at last CES, uh, I got a ride in one of them, and it was you know it was nice going down the strip and and so on, and it performed some very nice maneuvers. But uh, but uh, uh, you know it's uh, it was still I don't know the eighty percent level. Um, uh, there's there's still an enormous amount of work to be done, but that's fine. We're we're everybody's still at the very beginning of this, including Waymo, and as I like to say, we're still at, at, at zero degrees Kelvin on this. Maybe we're at zero point zero zero one degrees Kelvin, but we're we're still we're still at the absolute beginning of all this.
1: And finally, Alan, uh, Tesla is saying one of its new semi trucks was about to has made it anyway across the country. Using only the supercharger network and an extension cord. I think I don't know if uh, Elon Musk was having some fun with his with his statement, but uh, here we go with the trucks. Yes, yeah, I,
0: yeah, so I think Elon was making a funny. You know, he should make some funnies. I mean, guys works hard enough. He, he he should be able to make a few funnies. Um, there, there was there, there wasn't any indication to, as to whether or not autopilot or a version of autopilot was on uh, the particular on these trucks. But but again, uh, he's making an effort to have an electric truck out there. What he's suggested as to uh, what its cost would be and its capabilities are, are, uh, you know, if he's anywhere near, if he delivers anywhere near what he suggested, uh, they would be, Substantial contributions to the uh, motor carrier world, and uh, given um, how he's integrated uh, autopilot into uh, into his um, his uh, uh, personal vehicles, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he would be integrating um, an autopilot version in in the trucks, and and there that would be, uh, I think, uh, for a self-driving car, uh, truck, not a driverless truck. Um, the Tesla is nowhere near a driverless vehicle. Uh, it is a self-driving vehicle. And uh, in some sense, um, I, I don't know that, that uh, there's, there's really a market for driverless uh, vehicles to be sold to individuals. Um, what Waymo's doing and what they've announced is, is they' they're in the fleet business they're in the mobility uh, delivery business uh, not in the uh, provision of, of personal vehicles that people will use only on their own account. It would be a, it would be a real shame if, if one took one of these uh, any one of these driverless vehicles that can produce, uh, so much mobility on a typical in a typical day. I mean, sort of the rough number that that I I sort of throw around is you know offering 50 trips a day. Um, uh, there's there are very 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 few people in the U.S. that take uh, 50 trips a day uh, uh, by themselves or with themselves or that includes themselves. Um, so um, uh, a driverless vehicle. In consumer hands is is a real uh, waste uh, in the, in terms of the utilization of what could be a, a mobility producing asset, and uh, they're they're just much much uh, uh, more productive if if put into a fleet uh, 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 operation where where they can be used uh, throughout the day to provide mobility to many people. And uh, there are many uh, mobility disadvantaged folks uh, in the US uh, that could make a really good use uh, of of that uh, afforded mobility to improve their quality of life, uh, to improve their ability to get to to jobs, uh, to education, to to health care, to recreation. And so... um, as, as you well know, Fred, and, and certainly the list, listeners well know, um, uh, my soapbox is for these driverless vehicles to be used uh, as mobility providers, uh, really the, the uh, uh, a real public transportation system uh, that's able to serve the public at large, as opposed to just those that happen to live in in super dense areas, and happen to be going um, between um, between points on on some route um, uh, for which, uh, as we know, um, uh, that service isn't capable of attracting very many trips. Public transportation uh, today uh, serves maybe four percent of the of the trips nationwide. It's almost totally irrelevant irre- in in. In all areas except for maybe the New York metropolitan area where essentially half of those trips take place. Uh, But for the rest of the trips, uh, the other 96%, a lot of them are done by walking. Uh, Some few of them are done by by bicycle uh, and others are done by car. And most of those that are done by car uh, overwhelming percentage of them are done by people using their cars by themselves. Um, There's essentially no sharing of that, of those cars, but um, driverless vehicles put into a fleet and and appropriately managed and appropriately promoted could be providing mobility, uh, both uh, uh, for single individuals, as well as in a shared context, Uh, very effectively, um, very uh, uh, affordably, and and certainly um, uh, uh, contribute enormously to uh, the improvement of quality of life, the economy um, uh, of of, of, of a large number of people. And so um, uh, that's the future that that I'm working uh, to try to make happen.
1: We haven't heard anything about it certainly so far, but I guess... uh... Uh, You you could hope that one day Tesla could join in in that effort using its technology.
0: Well, it could if it it wishes to develop it to that extent so that, in fact, it can go from an origin to a destination completely uh, driverless, because that's that's what's needed. As, As we've said many times, you know, after one of these vehicles takes you on a trip and drops you off, It needs to get to me to take me on my trip. And so that segment of of its movement uh, from after dropping you off to picking me up, uh, it has to do that driverlessly. And that's where the value is, that empty vehicle repositioning piece of it. And so uh, the opportunities to do that and the capabilities to do that, that's what delivers the mobility uh, as a service and, and the, the real value. Um, uh, what what uh, autopilot so far can do driverlessly is I guess it can drive into my garage uh, from my driveway and back out of my garage to my driveway. Uh, big deal, okay? Uh, whoopee. Um, um, that, that's not enough, okay? Uh, and, uh, and, and, and on a personal vehicle, uh, that's probably all the driverless function that you need um, um, and uh, great that that but that doesn't uh, that doesn't allow you to operate that as a mobility as a service vehicle uh, to really improve the quality of life of a large number of individuals.
1: And on that note, Alan will park this edition. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, on iTunes, Google Play, and more, even on your Amazon Alexa. Look for my tech reports at Textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening.